Has God been good to you this week? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad he's been good to two of you. Good job. All right. Has God been good to you this week? Come on, give him some praise. He is so much better than we deserve, isn't he? Uh, last week was amazing, wasn't it? I mean, it was absolutely incredible. If, if, uh, if you weren't here, then uh, I'm just going to say it. You missed out. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, what an amazing day. It, it's a day, I told the first service, it's a day that will forever be etched on my heart. Uh, because uh, it's not very often that you get to baptize someone, but it's, it's also not very often you get to baptize 18 people uh, into their new identity in Christ. It was such an incredible job. I know uh, our team did such a great job, and it was just a great, great day. So if you missed it, you missed it. However, I've got good news for you. Uh, we do have another baptism scheduled, and uh, it's going to be September the 24th, 25th. Um, if you, um, whichever Sunday it is, I, I think it's the 24th. So, uh, but if you, if you, on your way out, if you're interested in being baptized, um, you can scan the QR code right there, and that'll take you to, uh, it'll just take you to the website, refugemain.church slash baptisms, and uh, you can sign up right there if, you, if you're interested in being baptized. Um, or if you just want to know which date it is, you can just scan it and see what day it is. Um, and by the way, that's, that's always up there. So um, that is a standing poster. You can scan it at any time. And it'll give you our next baptism, and uh, it's it's just an easy way to get people to um, to follow follow the Lord and what He wants them to do. We want to make it as easy for you as possible. And so, um, it was such a great day, and uh, we'll have more in the future. I'm so excited. Uh, I listen. God has been downloading some things into my soul that have absolutely transformed my view of Him, my view of life, my view of myself. And um, hopefully what that translates to is that that translates to, to people on our team um, that God is also downloading some things into. And, and so if I'm transformed, then our team is transformed. And if our team is transformed, then our church is transformed. And hopefully if our church is transformed, you're transformed. And so um, what I've learned recently, especially, actually, ever since I started a church, this is when I... Uh, this is when I, I started to learn this. I learned, I started learning that if I am teachable, God will always teach me. And, 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 but, but that's what's hard, right? It's sometimes it's hard to be teachable. Sometimes we want to have it all figured out. Sometimes we want to know all the answers. And so if I can just get to the point where I'm teachable, God will always teach me. And so I've always been a teach, as teachable as I can be. Uh, there are some things in life that I have figured out. There are other things that I don't. And in the, in the places that I haven't figured out, here's the secret. In the places that I have, have figured out or I think I have figured out, I have to be willing to give and I have to be willing to grow. So in other words, I don't have anything figured out. <laughs> and when I live life with that posture and allow God to speak to me and change me and transform me, I'm telling you, it transforms who I am. And so I've been learning some things about God. Uh, you know, I've, I've said um, recently 
that um, I feel like I've always known God, and I and, and some of the things that I'm learning, that I'm growing in, I should say, because I've always known them. But some of the things that I'm I'm growing in, I'm I'm realizing that I've always believed it, but I'm but growing in it is different, right? Always believing something and, and growing in something is different, and so um, hopefully. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying all this to say, hopefully my preaching's getting better, is basically what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> hopefully my preaching's getting better. And so the last, the last series that we did, we called Church Hurt. And um, if you missed that, that message series, you can go back and listen to refugemain.church slash messages. You can listen to the audio file of all of those messages. Um, and hopefully you got something out of it. Hopefully um, if you've been hurt by church or maybe you haven't been hurt by church, but you've been hurt by a boyfriend or a girlfriend or by something in life, emotionally you've been hurt. Hopefully you got something from that message. Did anybody get anything from that series? Anybody? Anybody in here? And so, um, so hopefully you got something from it. Today, we're beginning a new series that I'm calling The Dashboards for Life. The Dashboards for Life. And, um, and, and today we're beginning with what I'm calling The Dashboard of Death. Now, <laughs> I realize that that doesn't sound too promising, does it? Um, it doesn't sound too edifying. I promise you that by the time we leave here today, you're going to leave energized for life, to live in the identity that Christ has for us, to live as he lived, to be as he was, to be the person that God wants us to be. And so um, it's not, it sounds dark, it's not dark. Um, week two is, isn't going to be next week. Week two is in three weeks from now. Um, and it is going to, and I think it's like August 14th or something. But um, we're going to talk about the, the dashboard of defeat. And I realize right there, we're talking about death and we're talking about defeat. Pastor Adam, this sounds like a drag of a series. Um, I promise you it's not. Uh, week, week three, uh, we'll talk about the dashboard of demand. And then uh, week four, we're going to talk about the dashboard of definition. And so, um, so I realize the first couple sound, sound kind of dark. And uh, they are at, at times, if I'm just honest with you. Um, but the reason they're dark is because of the, the human condition, because of the choices that we've made as human beings. God's, always, God's plan has always been for us to have life, right? And so because God's plan has always been life and we've chosen death, what we get is dark. <laughs> and so, um, so in this series, I'm going to explain... Um, what it means to live out our identity in Christ. I hope that you, you get something out of, um, out of this series when it comes to living out our identity in Christ. I told the first service that this series isn't necessarily a seeker-friendly series. Um, this, is, this, is for the, this is for the believer. This is for the person that, that has identified with Christ because they put their faith in him and it helps them live in their identity with him. However, however, you will, if you're seeking this morning, I want you to know that you will find what you're looking for. Every single time we open up God's word, we find truth, and God's word teaches us truth that we need to know. In the Old Testament, the prophet wrote and said, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. 
And so uh, if, you're, if you're seeking, we, we, uh, we believe that this message series is for you as well. So I want to explain what a dashboard is. And now I realize that if, you, if you're here, you, you rode in a car to get here. Um, and uh, the, the de- so the definition of dashboard, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. And then I want to share something with you that happened in between services. Um, that's just absolutely just kind of blew my mind. Uh, the d- definition of dashboard is this, according to Webster's Dictionary, a panel expanding across the interior of a vehicle, which such as an automobile, uh, below the windshield and usually containing instruments and controls. If something internal, this is a part of Webster's uh, definition. If something internal is wrong with the car, the dashboard will display an icon identifying the problem. Now, how many of you know the problem is trying to figure out why the light is on? Right? Are you with me? You, you're like, oh, the check in, stupid check engine light's on again. Why is the check engine light on again? And so, um, actually, I heard a statistic a long time ago. So, I don't know, it was like 50% of people um, have... Uh, and most statistics are made up on the spot anyway, but so it's like 50% of people have a light illuminated on their dashboard. What happened in between service, this was incredible. This, uh, this guy um, whose name is Heward came up to me after service and he said, he said, Pastor Adam, here's the, here's the, the ammunition for the series. Like, because, um, so so Heward's probably in his, in his 70s. And he came to me and he's like, you have to understand why the dashboard was invented. The dashboard was invented to keep the dirt from coming up into the wagon. Holy smokes. The dashboard is used to keep the dirt from coming up into the wagon. And so what happens in our lives is... God gives us dashboards to keep the dirt away from us, to protect us. And I'm like, man, this sermon is way better than I wrote it. <laughs> like, holy cow. Um, I probably need to acknowledge that dashboard may not be, the, like, until, until Hubert told me that, I didn't necessarily think that the dashboard was the, was the, the best um, explanation for this, but now I'm like, okay, this is better than, again, better than I wrote it. Um, but a dashboard is what I think of when I think of warning signs. And, and so my goal in this series is I want to give you some things that will hopefully serve as warning signs to either show you I'm living in my identity of Christ, I'm, I'm living where I'm supposed to be, or I'm not living the way I'm supposed to be. I'm not living uh, as I am. I'm not living um, who, who God says that I am and who I want to and, and who God wants me to be. But I told the first first service again that. Um, and by the way, I've said I told the first service like three times in this message. Hopefully, you just understand. I said all this in the first sermon service anyway, so I can stop saying that. At least that's what I'm telling myself. But I'll probably say it again, just so you know. Um, so so. What I'm not going to do in this series is I'm not going to tell you, we, we always, you know, the light comes on and we're like, why in the world is the check engine light back on? I'm never going to tell you why the light is on in this series. 
but I'm going to tell you what light is there. It's up to you to figure out why the light is on, but I'm going to give you something in this, this message that will help you understand why the light is on. Does that help? It will, it will eventually, I promise. Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. By the way, if you want to follow along with today's notes, uh, you can do that in the YouVersion Bible app. I believe the YouVersion app, every believer should have on your phone. Every person in this room should have on your phone. If you want to know God, have the YouVersion Bible app on your cell phone. You can follow along with it with all of today's notes there. Genesis 2, verse 9. The Garden of Eden is the foundation for this whole series. Um, in fact, in, in the Garden of Eden, they didn't have cars, but they, they had trees. And I, I look at the trees of the Garden of Eden and I see dashboards. And so um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, we're going to read about the dashboards that God gives us for life. The, the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, produced delicious fruit in the middle of the garden. He placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So in the middle of the garden, we've got two trees. One tree is known as the good of life or the, the tree of life. The other one is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In this story, we're introduced to two different dashboards. The dashboard of life and the dashboard I'm calling of death. Now, God's word called it the, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But notice the title of this, this message is the dashboard of death because when Adam and Eve ate the, knowledge of the, the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, they, they got death. So the title of my message is the dashboard of death because this is where we're living. This is what we're in. God never intended for this message to be called the dashboard of death. He always wanted it to be called the dashboard of life. He's always wanted us to have life. And that brings me to today's big idea. If you've got one thing out of today's message, this is the one thing that I want you to get. And it's this. God's desire for all of man has always been true life. Not just life but true life. Many of us think that life is supposed to be this, but it's not true life. And God wants us to live in true life. And so these are the instructions that, um, that God, give, God gave Adam and Eve in the garden. It's found in Genesis 2, 15 and 17. Read it with me. It says, The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may eat freely, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Notice what God didn't say. God didn't say, you can't touch the tree of life. He said, you can't eat the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And if you do, there is a result that will happen. And it's death. It's death. But God calls the tree knowledge of good and evil because when we ate the fruit, 
when Adam and Eve eat the fruit, they know good and evil. Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, is the story of the serpent and, and Eve. We, a lot of us know what happened. Eve eats the apple. Or eat, why do we always say apple? I always, I always accidentally say apple. The Bible doesn't say what fruit it was. We just picture an apple for whatever, maybe because of the paintings and things. But um, it's, it's really just a fruit of knowledge of good and evil. My guess is it's probably something better than an apple, like something exotic, like a dragon fruit or something, something like that, right? So it, was, it wasn't just an apple, like an apple's plain. An apple wouldn't be attractive, right? I've tasted an apple. Anyway. Um, so Eve's walking in the garden. She sees the serpent. And I told the first service, I said, um, this is where I get the theory that animals will talk in heaven. It's a theory, and you can call me a heretic all you want. You, can, you don't have to come to church here next Sunday. That's fine. I, I get it. But this is why I believe animals will, will talk in heaven. Because when the serpent talked to Eve, she didn't go, why are you talking to me? That's creepy. She just went on with it. Like she's normally having conversation with animals. And, uh, and so I, just, I think that um, because the Garden of Eden symbolizes heaven, I actually think that there will be animal. Anyway, that's not my big takeaway for today. <laughs> my big takeaway is true life. That God's desire for all of man is to live in true life. Let me read for you Genesis 3, 5. God knows that your eyes will be open. This is the serpent talking to Eve. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. As soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now notice. What the serpent says to Eve is true. When she ate the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, she knew knowledge of good and evil. It was true. And she, was, she would become like God, knowing good and evil. But you know what Eve doesn't realize? She was already made in the image of God. She was already like God. And so, the, so Satan tells her, convinces her of a lie that was already true. She was already like God. But she ate the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And here in this moment, I believe that Satan introduces a lie to us that we often believe about God. And it's the lie of this. It's the, I call it the, if then, uh, sorry, if, you, if, let me look at it, hang on. <laughs> if you do blank, then God will blank. It's the lie of, if you do blank, then God will do blank. In our entire lives, we believe that God rewards us based on our performance, Based on what we do, we believe that if we go to church, our week is going to be fine. We believe that if we read God's word, we're going to know God more. We believe if we tithe, then God will bless us. God's not about performance. 
The only performance that God has ever been about was the performance of his son on a cross. And that performance is the performance that saves me. And when I put my faith in Jesus, I no longer have to do this, but I become like Jesus. And when I become like Jesus, then I don't want to do this. Then I don't want to do that. And I want to do this. But we believe the lie that our, that our relationship with God is based on our performance. Stop living your life based on performance. Start living it according to who you are. We believe that our relationship with God is based on our performance. It's based on grace through faith. The only performance that pleases, G, pleases the Father is the performance of his son on the cross. And when I put my faith in that performance, not my performance, my faith saves me by the grace of God. It's not of myself, so that no one can boast about it, Ephesians says. It's based on his performance, not mine. The, pro, the, the purpose of God's law the purpose of God's laws, laws have always been to reveal my sin and to point me to my Savior. Let me say that again. The purpose of God's laws have always been to reveal the wickedness in me and to point me to my Savior who saved me. And so we get the dashboard of death because Adam and Eve chose the tree of death knowledge of good and evil. On the dashboard of death, there's only two indicators. The indicator of good and the indicator of evil. Because it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the only two indicators on the dashboard of death are the, not, the indicator of good and the in indicator of evil. Again, I'm not going to tell you what, a cause, what causes each light to come on. But God's intent for us is to always live with the light of good that's on. But you want to hear the best news ever? When you put your faith in Jesus, the light of good is always on. The light of evil is never on. The Bible says that God can't be where there's sin because God is holy. So guess what? God isn't going to live in me if there is sin in me. But we look at, our, at the wrong things that we do and we label it as sin. And we call ourselves sinners saved by grace, right? But God doesn't identify us as sinners. He identifies us as sons and daughters. And when we become a son or a daughter... We're no longer, we're no longer a sinner. Now we are saved by grace. It's by faith. It's, it's saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. When the light of evil illuminates, there's something inside of me that says, whoa, wait a minute. That's not who I am. It's not who I am. And so, 
again, when I, when I receive Jesus, the light of good is always on. But there's something inside of me that says, that's not who I am. And what I've learned recently is that, that when, that the phrase, and, and write this down if you're taking notes, the phrase, that's not who I am, is the best behavior modification for my soul. If I want to modify the way that I'm acting, the way that I'm behaving, the best way that I can do it is by claiming who I am in Jesus Christ. Because when I stop and I say, whoa, wait a minute, Adam, that's not who you are, guess what? I stop doing whatever it is I'm doing. Try it this week. When you're scrolling on your cell phone and you're looking at garbage on your phone and, and you know that you shouldn't be looking at whatever it is that you're looking at, stop and say, that's not who I am. See what happens. When you, um, if you're trying to quit smoking, uh, this is just an example, trying to quit smoking and, and, and you, you go to, to light a cigarette you, and you say to yourself, well, wait a minute, this isn't who I am. I'm telling you, you won't have a desire to do it if you're trying to, to stop drinking for whatever, maybe you overindulge and you, you start drinking and you pick up a bottle and you say to yourself, wait a minute, this isn't who I am. I'm telling you, it works all the time because the prodigal son, when he comes home, he comes home as a son, not as a servant. And as he lives, I believe when he lived in the house of his father, he didn't do it by, he didn't stay in the house with the father because he served the father. He stayed in the house of the father because he was a son. Stop trying to perform. Can I, uh, can I just be a little bit vulnerable with you just for a minute? I've learned that when I say that phrase, that's not who I am. I, I stop doing things that I don't want to do. Scrolling on my phone. I, if, if I just, you, anybody else scroll on your phone and you just go numb? Anybody else? Is that just me? You just go numb. You just find yourself wasting time. And I go, and, and, and literally here recently, um, as God's revealed this truth to me, I've gone, as, as I'm scrolling, I'll, go, I'll just snap out of it. And I'll just say, well, wait a minute. This isn't who you, who you are. And I just put my phone down. Because... That's not, who God, that's not who God intended me to be. When, uh, when my kids um, started hanging out with other kids, like, uh, so my kids are 14 and 16. When my kids started hanging out with other kids, um, probably, I don't know, four, five, six years ago, um, they'd come to us and say, hey, can I go to so-and-so's house? And we'd say, we would always say this, yes, you can, but remember who you are. And we, we introduced that phrase to them. Now, uh, this last week, we sent Graham off to, to, to camp with, uh, with a ministry from school. And uh, we said to him, remember who you are and remember that you're different. You're not like everybody else. Remember who you are and remember when you're different. I didn't realize until just now that remembering who I am will always keep me doing what I'm supposed to do. Remember who you are as a follower of Jesus and your behavior will, will follow. 
I have to remember who I am in Christ. Remember the big idea. God's desire for all of us is to live with true life. But in the Garden of Eden, how many trees were there? Anybody with me still? How many trees were there? Two. There are two trees. It wasn't a trick question. There's two trees. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Human beings chose the knowledge of good and evil. Therefore, the result was a two-indicator dashboard. Every single dashboard that I give throughout this series, the whole series, there will always be two indicators. It's not going to be complicated. Listen, we think God is more complicated than he is a lot of times. We think God's driving a G-Wagon with all the lights and everything. Like the G-Wagon is just the most extravagant video or car that I can think of for some reason. Um, Cadillac, you know, Lexus, Audi, like figure out whatever luxury vehicle that you want to with all of the, all the amenity, amenities, did I say it right? Uh, and and, and with, with all the lights and, and all the glamour, we think that that's who God is, but it's not. God's just a simple God with two indicators, with just two indicators. The, the dashboard of death has good and evil, but God's desire for us has always been one, a one indicator dashboard. And the one indicator that God has for us is the indicator that says true life. That's what he wants for you. He wants true life for us. And the light of true life has nothing to do with my performance. I can't say that enough. God's desire for us has always been connected to the tree of life. God's desire for us has always been for us to be connected to the tree of life. One of my favorite things to do is, um, is to read my Bible through, uh, through the year. Not, not, because, um, not because I have to. Not because I want to put my sticker on my, on my chart for, for the day, every day. It's because I want, I want to know who God is and who God wants me to be. And so my favorite thing to do is to read God's word. And, and listen, I don't, I don't want to sound, uh, you know, like super pastor and be like, well, my pastor reads the Bible all the way through in a year. That's not, that's not what I'm getting at. It's, it has nothing to do with my performance. It has everything to do with me wanting to be like Jesus. And so I love to read the Bible through in, in a year. My favorite thing about it, about reading the, the, the Bible through in a year, is did you, do you know that the Bible is a full circle book? That the Bible goes full circle from the Garden of Eden back to the Garden of Eden. And, and, and when I read God's word all the way through, throughout my year, what I, what I discover is, is I, I start out by, by reading the way that it is because of the choices that, that we've made as human beings and the result of that choice. And then I get all the way back to the way that it should be. And, not, and when I get back to the way that it should be, I get back to the way that it's going to be. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I get back to the way it's going to be. And one of my favorite things to do is, and, and so now here's a little bit of a, of a hack for you. Um, it, you do miss a little bit. 
because reading God's word all the way through allows you to see the Ten Commandments, allows you to see the, the commands of Christ, the instruction of Christ, allows you to read about the inheritance of Christ, what he gives us in the church and, and things like that, and, and, and the way that he brought about a Savior and the beautiful story that it is. God's word is a beautiful book. And, and, and you just, I, I just, I absolutely fall in love with it every day. And so, but if you want to hack for it, just go home this week and read Genesis 1 through 3, 1, 2, and 3, and then read Revelation 22. And then go back and look at Genesis 3. And, and so, so what you'll discover is that God's word is full circle, that the tree of life is mentioned at the beginning. We chose the tree of death, so we got the rest of the 66 books of the Bible. We got all of them. But really, I think God really would have only liked for it to be one. But I want to read for you Revelation chapter 22. And I want to read for you what, what John the Revelator is saying will happen that, that we, in the Garden of Eden, we're introduced to the, the tree of knowledge of good, or the tree of life. And it appears again in Revelation chapter 22. When I read this for you, here's what I want you to do. Right where you sit, I want you to just close your eyes just for a moment. Don't, don't, the words will be on the screen and you can follow along if you want. But my suggestion is that you just close your eyes and just picture with me. Verse 1 of Revelation 22 says, Then the angel showed me a river. With the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, who is Jesus, by the way. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side, the river grew a tree of life on each side of the road, by the way. The, the, the road of Main Street and the New Jerusalem is going to be have trees of life on both sides of the street. On each side, the river grew the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit. with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. No longer will you struggle to live and to, to discover the identity that you're supposed to have. For the throne of God and the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him and they will see his face. His name will be written on their foreheads and there will be no night there. <laughs> no need for lamps or sun for the Lord God will shine on them and he will reign forever and ever.
the tree that we were supposed to have, we will have someday. Revelation 22 shows us what could have been and the reason it shows us what could have been is because it is what will be. Those who find their identity in Jesus will live under the tree of life someday and there will no longer be a struggle with trying to be who we should be because we will finally be who we are. But the only way that we can experience this, the only way we can experience tree, the tree of life that we rejected in the garden was because God was willing to take on the form of man to come to earth to be rejected himself. You see, Jesus took on the rejection we gave the tree in the garden and he, re he was rejected on earth so that he could be hung on a tree. A cross. To bring me the identity that he's always had for me which is his son. And the way that I receive it is by the grace of God through faith in him. Not by my works. It's not by based on what I do. Stop believing that being a good person gets God's attention. It doesn't. Putting your faith in Jesus and the performance that he's already done on the cross, that's what gets God's attention. That's the reason angels celebrate in heaven. When we put our faith in the performance of Jesus, but the problem is we say, God, if I'm good enough, if I'm good enough, then I'll get your attention. I'll get your blessing. And what we do is we put faith in ourselves, not in the Jesus that saved us. Stop putting faith in yourself today and put it in the only one that can save you. Stand to your feet, I wanna pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. So the question today is this, it's simple. What have you put your faith in today? What are you putting your faith in today? Are you putting it in Jesus who will save you? Or are you putting it in yourself to get you there? But here's the thing. I realize that some people would listen to this message and say, Pastor Adam, that's soft. When I discover who I am in Jesus. I no longer, I, I live as I am in Jesus. And so it's not that I have liberty. The apostle Paul wrote about liberty in, in, in Christ all the time. And, and it's not that I have liberty to do whatever I want to do. It's that I am who God says I am, so I don't do what I wanna do. 
I live. That's what living by the Spirit is. So the question is, who have you put your faith in today? Are you putting it in you? Are you putting it in Jesus? Now, I would, I would be rude. I would be mean. I'd be a terrible person if I didn't give you a very clear message about two different ways without giving you the opportunity to choose the way that you should go. Let me say it this way, the way that God wants you to go. The way that will lead to life. One way leads to death, one way leads to life. I would think that you would want to choose life. Only way you choose life is by choosing Jesus. So let me ask you, do you need to choose Jesus today? Do you need to put your faith in him? I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and give you an opportunity to respond. The way that you respond to this message is by simply just raising your hand and leaving it there so I can see it, that you say, Pastor Adam, I want to put my faith in Jesus today. Is there anybody that would be bold enough to raise your hand right now to say, Pastor Adam, that's me. I want to put my faith in Jesus today. Anybody? Thank you. I see it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Pastor Adam, I need to stop believing myself, believing in myself, and I need to, to choose Jesus today. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you to say this prayer with me. Believe it in your heart. When you receive Jesus, you become righteous. You become justified. You become redeemed. You become holy. You become everything that God is by receiving Jesus as your savior. He comes and he lives inside of you and he doesn't live where sin is. And so we ask that you say this prayer you mean it in your heart. Say, God, I know I need you. I know I'm sinful. Forgive me for my sins. I turn to you today. Help me live for you. Come into my life and save me by the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross for my sins. Give me a new identity in Christ today. Help me live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Is God good this morning? We're gonna sing a song in just a moment. Don't forget there's seven minute head start at the end of service. I love you all. Thank you so much for being here. Have the best week of your life.